Well, hello and welcome everyone to the We Believe podcast. It's coming to you from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. My name is James Ruff and I'm a member of Heritage Baptist Church. And joining me today is first off a fellow member here, Mr. Mark Gonatakis. And we're pleased today also to have with us um, our pastor, Mr. Johnny Che, pastor here at Heritage Baptist Church. Pastor, thank you for joining us as well. Of course. I, I, I thought I had to be, but... You do. But that's okay. <laughs> and as mentioned before, this is a new podcast that we've just launched, um, which will be hosted by myself and Brother Mark. Uh, with many cameos, obviously, from our pastor and, of course, probably others. And today we're kicking off our first series of this podcast, and, and we're titling it What We Believe. Certainly our prayer is that this new ministry would be an encouragement uh, and be a blessing to you, the listener, as it certainly will be for us as well. And that brings us to episode number one in this series, The Word of God, A Scriptural Foundation. All right, without further ado, gentlemen, let's get into the Word of God today, shall we? Yeah, we just have three simple questions we want to focus on today. Uh, one, what do we believe about God's Word? And two, who is the Bible for? And then third, how are we supposed to use the Bible? So if you visit our website, directly on the website it says, We believe in the Holy Scripture, accepting the writings of the Old and New Testaments and the plenary Word of God, verbally inspired in all parts, and therefore wholly without error, and altogether sufficient in themselves as our only infallible and authoritative rule of faith and practice. We believe that God has perfectly and infallibly preserved His Word in the King James Version. So I know that sounds like a lot of information, um, but, but Pastor, you know, if you could maybe unpack that a little bit for our listeners. So first of all, what we believe about the Bible is that it is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. And the safety that comes from that is when you, when you build your foundation upon something that's shifting, it's just not going to work. Jesus talked about that and he was saying, I will compare a man who hears my word and does it as a man who builds his house upon a rock. So as a church, the reason we are able to function, the reason we are able to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world is because we have something that is unchanging and that is the Bible. When we say that it is plenary and inspired and fallible, the Bible doesn't just contain the Word of God, it is the Word of God. There is no word in the Bible that is not supposed to be there. There is no word missing from the Bible that is supposed to be there. And that all comes down to faith. I mean, I, I remember uh, in college reading a book called The Final Authority by an author, uh, his name is William Grady. I mean, you could, <laughs> you could hammer a nail in with that book. I mean, it's huge. But what he ended up saying is, look, you could, you could replace this entire book with two words, have faith. And we have faith because, okay, so we, we believe that God is perfect, that he is all-knowing, all-powerful, that he is the great I am of the Bible, correct? It doesn't make sense to me to believe in a God that is powerful enough to inspire his word, but then not powerful enough to preserve his word. That doesn't make any sense. And, and the, he promises in the Bible, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away, right? Then when we get specifically into the King James Version, really what you have in the King James Version is you have a translation in the English language that came from 
the Texas Receptus, which is a line of man manuscripts from Antioch in Syria. Really, every other translation that you have, they're translations of a corrupted text, mostly from Alexandria, Egypt, and from a couple men named Westcott and Hort, which if you uh, study them, I don't even believe that they were saved. What do we believe about the Bible? We believe the Bible. We have faith that God has inspired his word through holy men as they pen the scriptures and that he preserved them for us today in the English language. And when I look at the different translations and the versions of scripture in the English language, I see one that stands out that comes not only from an uncorrupted line of text, but also has the right mentality and the right approach, which is God's word cannot be improved upon. It cannot be made more perfect uh, we just need to translate it purely, and that's the King James Version. Amen, and, and I think that you hit on a really good point, Pastor, which is leave it up to man to try to improve on what God did. Well, okay, so people have this ideology that God's word over time, because it was inspired in the originals, right? N really nobody argues that. But over time, through copyist error and all these different translations, things have gotten changed. It's very interesting that the same people who believe the Bible is imperfect are the ones who believe they're going to make it perfect. I mean, just, when I ask people the question, do you believe in a God who is powerful and amazing enough to inspire his word but not preserve it? They can't answer that question. When I read the Bible, I, it's, it's powerful, it's perfect. There are no contradictions. You just can't improve on it. So that leads us into question number two. And that question is, who is the Bible for? And uh, we believe, you know, the Bible's for every Christian. We have to have a reference manual, if you will, to know how to live the Christian life. And I, I, I kind of relate it to my time in the Navy. I went in because uh, I wanted to serve my country and I wanted to get a, an education on electronics. And I've, I came to the conclusion that the Navy was the best place to do that. There you go. And uh, so, yeah, I, I joined up and I got into school and Got into about my first couple of weeks and, and started realizing after, you know, they're stacking your desk full of these manuals that are about 10 feet tall. Uh, there's no way I'm going to memorize all this stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, so, um, but, but one they thing they... at least have pictures? They had some pictures. Not many. Most of it was just There's stuff. a difference between pictures and diagrams, though. Were they diagrams or were they pictures? They are mostly diagrams. Yeah, that's boring. Yeah. But, the, but the, what they taught us how to do in the Navy was how to use that manual to get to what we needed to do. In other words, I wasn't gonna necessarily memorize the whole thing, but I certainly was gonna memorize things that were important and memorize things that I could, but I knew also where to go to get the information. And if I had a, a piece of equipment breakdown, I wasn't gonna go get the information to fix it in a magazine. I was going to the instruction manual. Absolutely, you know, uh, I work in the automotive industry and uh, we have many manuals and, and diagrams and uh, plenty of pictures to help us as well. But without those, you would be lost trying to figure out what you're doing for everything, wiring, uh, specifications on torque. And the Bible's a lot like that. When you, when you want to know something, you know, maybe as a new convert, you, you want to understand soul winning. Or maybe as, as a new parent, you want to understand how to raise your kids for God. A lot like your Navy manuals and a lot like my uh, automotive manuals, that helps us uh, in the right direction. And the Bible works very well for that as well. When did you join the Navy, Brother James? It was 1998. 
1998, you were in the Navy, and you're learning all these things. Here's a question. Do you believe they're using the same manuals today that they were in 1998? Oh, I know they are. They are. The, the only differences would be, obviously, as equipment and stuff changes, you have some of the more advanced manuals. But mm -hmm. as far as teaching the basic electricity and electronics fundamentals, it's the same. Yes. Ohm's law doesn't change, and so the manuals <laughs> don't change. What about you, Brother Mark? So it was about 2006 uh, when I got into the automotive industry. And as far as have they changed, uh, yeah, they've changed a lot mm -hmm. just because cars are always advancing. We're not just carburetors anymore. We've moved into the fuel injection stuff, uh, more wiring. Uh, so maybe that's not really a good reference because we don't want to lead people into different versions of the Bible. But Well, that's why I'm bringing it out because yeah. that's what people think. Because everything else that we have in this world, when we, talk, when we use the, the illustration of an instruction manual, they're thinking, well, in my line of work, the instruction manual constantly has to be updated because equipment is going to be changing or technology is going to be changing, however you want to look at it. And isn't that kind of like the biggest argument today? This Bible that was written over periods of thousands of years and thousands of years ago, and the world has changed. Society is changing, and they use the word progressing, right? So then they believe, how can a Bible that was written so long ago still apply today? But that question, who is the Bible for? It is for every Christian, and I think they know that but they're getting into this, but is the Bible still relevant for today? Yes, society is changing. And the man's philosophy, that's constantly going to be changing. But like you said, Ohm's law doesn't change. The basic foundation doesn't change. I mean, seriously, think about our Through the Bible series right now. And we see how we're constantly taking things that we're not supposed to take, looking over the fence at things that we're not supposed to be looking at, that has always been the human condition. That has never changed. And it's like people are thinking, oh, as the world progresses, the Bible is going to be left behind. The Bible is so far ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. So yes, the Bible is still for everybody, and that's why we do need to read it. But how many times do I hear a parent saying, well, I just don't know if the Bible is going to help me raise a child today? Do we think that part of that problem too is, is there absolute moral objective truth or mm -hmm. is there not? And I was, absolutely, we believe there is, and it consists of the words of God that we can go to. Mm -hmm. For society today, because we've gone away so much from any kind of standard of objective morality or objective anything, everything is subjective. It's what's my truth? Because of that, what kind of foundation can you go to to say, this is, this is, this is solid, this is true, it's forever? if you don't have the Bible. Well, you're not going to find it in anyone else. Man's philosophy, again, constantly changing. Man-made religion, it's too shallow. You can't build a family on, on that, just like you can't feed a child on sugar. There has to be something deeper to it. You can't? Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, people try, yeah. you know, for sure. But yeah, the, the whole, no, there isn't truth. You can have your truth and I have my truth. Uh, that's... That's never been the case. And again, that's going to come down to, to faith, to read the Bible, truly believing that God is going to help you through his word, navigate how to raise your family and navigate how to be the husband that you're supposed to be and the wife that you are supposed to be. Believing that God, the creator of mankind, knew when he wrote his Bible everything that we would need, no matter how much the world, quote unquote, 
progressed. So, Pastor, why is it important for every Christian to spend time in God's Word? Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we talked about that in the first one, and that's why it's our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Because when it's from God, he is the same yesterday and today and forever. And that is a solid foundation that you can build on. But also, it is profitable. It brings profit to you. It brings profit to your mind, to your heart, to your soul, to your spirit, to your family, your church. It is profitable for everything that you would need. It is profitable for doctrine, that's what is right. Reproof, which is what is wrong. Correction, which is how to get right. And instruction in righteousness, which is how to stay right. It's everything. It's everything that you need. And what did they say about, I think it was Paul and Silas. The men who have turned the world upside down have come. No, sin has turned the world upside down. The Bible is going to turn it right side up again. We don't need to fit the Bible into the world. We need to get the world to change and fit into what the Bible says. Well, this really brings us to the last question that we wanted to answer. And that was, how are we supposed to use the Bible? So really, Pastor, in other words, um, you know, just what are some practical things, I guess, that Christians can do uh, to help them get to know their Bible more? We, we have to go further than reading it. I remember plenty of things in school that I read, but I didn't retain because I didn't meditate on it. Uh, and whenever you look at these verses in the Bible that talk about God's word, oh, how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Uh, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. It's more than just reading it. So how do we practically use the Bible? I know many people who read their Bible every single day, uh, but we have to get deeper into it. You should find ways that work for you that will make you excited to read your Bible. I've enjoyed talking to Brother Mark recently because I know you're really delving into your Bible study and finding different things that work for you. Having the right tools is very important. Reading books, having three by five cards and writing down a certain verse that pops out to you and you read it throughout the day and try to memorize it. Uh, sometimes I put a verse on my wallpaper, on my phone, or on my computer, something that has uh, really spoken to me. There's so many things that you can do with the tools that are afforded to us today that keep God's Word constantly on your mind. So from a real practical standpoint, you know, just to kind of go back when we were talking about the manuals earlier, that's just one resource that I have, right, mm -hmm. in the automotive industry. And I know for me, in, in my Bible study, there, there are many resources. Obviously, the pastor, uh, there are other, other men in the church that I can go to that will help guide me in the right direction. I think prayer is an extremely important aspect of that. Uh, I spend a lot of time in prayer just asking God to help me understand His Word and just that He would reveal it to me. I think another uh, resource is... Um, there are many books. You have to be careful what you read, but mm -hmm. there are many books, many good commentaries. There's, uh, you want to get a good dictionary. These are just a few resources that we can use to help us know our Bible more. I think you hit on something there too, Brother Mark, which is that, and I'll take it back to the Navy days as, as a sailor for, you know, for 10 years, is that one, uh, typically when someone needed help, you know, they could go to someone that was more experienced, somebody that had gone through the school a decade ago and had been actually applying the knowledge in the book, right? 
who do you know that's, that's living the Christian life and has been living it a while and could be an example? But number two, and probably most, more important than that, is I bet you back then if I could have gone to the author of the instruction manual, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you talked about praying about, and, and that's really helped me a lot, is, is really asking God before I read, Lord, just you give me something you know, today from your word. Help me to see you the way you want me to see you, but also, the, you, you mentioned a lot, Pastor, that the Bible really is, is a mirror also, and, and it's reflecting uh, on us who we really are and recognition of who he is. Exactly. So if we're talking about different things that we can do practically, marking in your Bible, I have a color coding system that I use that just really makes me look forward to reading my Bible every day because I'm finding new things and I'm constantly adding new colors that I can highlight and, and underline everything. You got Ariana on that, by the way, and she's already an artist. So, I mean, you should see her Bible right now. Oh, good, <laughs> she's, good. And yeah. she's going to keep that forever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's amazing to see, and we, I talked to my Sunday school about it, but purple in my Bible is the Holy Spirit. And you should see Acts, how Acts just fills up with purple. Why? Because that early church was so dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And are we not supposed to be that dependent? Of course we are. The Holy Spirit should be everywhere in our ministry. And then when you read in the first five books of the Bible, where God is giving the law uh, to people and he's trying to get them right, you should see how many times the word heart is used because the heart was always the problem. Uh, and then you look in, in Psalms and you see how much Jesus has talked about. But why, why do we do all of that? Why do we read? But then later we go into meditating and then we go into memorizing. Why do we do all those things? What's the purpose? It's so that we can apply the truth to our life. It's a mirror to see where we need to change. What's the point of looking in a mirror, seeing all the things that we need to change, like James talks about, and then walking away and forgetting it? What's the point of knowing where to find something in your instruction manual and then saying, well, I'm going to do it my way anyways. Brother Mark, if I'm going to take my car to you and I'm going to pay you money to fix the car, I don't want you just going off of what you think is best. I want you following the book. And that is why people are hopefully coming to church. I want somebody who's going to open the book to me and show me what the book says about it. But I don't believe God is going to reveal his word. I don't believe he's going to make it understandable. If he sees your heart and he knows you're going to read it and maybe you'll memorize it, but you have no desire at all to apply it to your life and to obey. If you're not going to obey, if you're not going to turn at his reproof, He's not going to pour his spirit out on you. He's not going to make his words known unto you. And why is it important to have the spirit poured out? Because he's the author. If we show the Lord through our heart, Lord, I am reading my Bible. I'm marking my Bible. I'm memorizing it. I'm meditating on it all throughout the day. I wake up and I think about it because I want to know what your word says so I can live according to your word. When the Lord sees that in people's hearts, that's when he starts revealing his word on the people. Well, in closing, folks, we just we thank you for joining us um, as we've embarked out into some uncharted waters on this new podcast ministry journey. And uh, you know, we pray that this ministry would help you grow closer to Jesus Christ and your own personal walk with him. And we also look forward to having you come join us for church. 
here in this area, we'd love to have you. Yeah, definitely. We would love to have you uh, come to church. That is our prayer. Uh, if we could be of any help to you in any way, the link will be in the description box. I mean, just hit that link. It'll take you right over to the website. Until next time, uh, may you be strengthened and encouraged each and every day by the abundance of God's grace and mercy. So long.